0: My Seven Chakras, episode
1: 357. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For
2: thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And
1: could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras, and now your
0: host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My 7 Chakras, my where we help you experience more healing, more awakening, and more abundance. Now, in today's episode, we're going to talk about a really, really exciting topic called having tough conversations with our repeat guest, David Wood, who I'm going to introduce to you in a bit. But before that, let's listen to our latest iTunes review by a listener named Kate from New Jersey, who says, thank you, AJ. I just recently discovered your podcast and can only say keep going the topics guests and information are so interesting also your kind words bring joy to my heart with loads of gratitude kate from new jersey so action tribe if you'd like to write your own review as well and get a shout out from me then make sure that you visit uh this link my7chakras.com forward slash review that's my7chakras.com forward slash review all right so our guest for today Who is appearing on our show for the second time, like I mentioned, is a former consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies, including Sony Music, Chanel, and Exxon. David left his Cushy Park Avenue job 20 years ago to build the world's largest coaching business. He became number one on Google for life coaching, serving an audience of over 150,000 coaches and coaching thousands of hours across 12 countries. Alongside his clients' successes, David is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself having overcome a full collapse of his paraglider and a fractured spine witnessing the death of his sister at age seven severe anxiety and depression and a national gong show david believes that tough conversations we avoid are doorways to confidence success and love they become the defining moments which shape our world he coaches high-performing entrepreneurs, executives, and teams, and now prison inmates to create amazing results in deep connection, one tough conversation at a time. So welcome once again, David. How are you doing?
1: Thank you, Aditya. I'm happy to be back here on your show. I enjoyed our first interview. Yeah, And uh, so I noticed I've been looking forward to hanging out with you again. I'm good. This right now, I'm i'm feeling good here's here's what it looks like outside Uh my house this is forest cam here in boulder so
0: uh i've got every reason to be good nice nice is it is it snowing a bit there or yeah snow right is that snow okay so it started snowing wonderful (laughs) yep
1: that's snow on the ground and i went for a jog yesterday Mm. in the snow i'm not used to living in snow yeah so i felt like rocky uh Um, you know as i'm kind of training
0: and running through the mountains in the snow yeah, it's fun. Wonderful. Yeah, I mean it seems like even I am in this phase of life where I'm pushing myself to go beyond my comfort zone uh whether it's waking up in the morning earlier or jumping into the cold shower or even doing a lot of breath work which is controlling your breath uh, which is a form of uh, discomfort. Uh, and so it's wonderful to know that you have pushed beyond your comfort zone and among the other things that we're going to discuss today but jogging in the snow which is for a lot of people uh, unimaginable. But uh, you know, to start with, how about we talk about how your career began? Because you began your career as a consulting actuary, right? So for our audience, what ex- exactly does an actuary do? And then how did you experience that shift? How did life change at a certain point?
1: An actuary deals with long-term financial projections and statistics, mm-hmm. demography, probability. So they use actuaries to calculate insurance premiums, and pension fund contributions, things like that. So my job was to consult to multinational companies based in New York who had operations in in sometimes 80 countries. Mm -hmm. And it was a mess trying to work out all their pension plan operations. And I was a consultant to help them manage their risk when it came to that. And how I got out of it, I'd like to say I woke up, you know, had a dream and I woke up and, you know, this is my new mission, but it wasn't that clear and usually it's not that clear i did a personal growth course Mm -hmm. with landmark education and i was very resistant to it i nearly didn't do it because they they all wore name tags and they were smiling way too much and i'm like i don't trust you guys you're just preying on the weak willed self-help junkies and uh and i decided i'm going to get in and get out but they cracked my cynicism. They actually helped me open my heart and, and connect with people and to be inspired. And I was like, this stuff is great. So I went and did a couple more courses with them. They trained me as a coach. And then back in 97, I quit my job, went back to Australia thinking, I'll just take six months off mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll play guitar and I'll perform in pubs and on TV if I can, and I'll be an entertainer. And then I'll go back to whatever I was doing. Well, that didn't happen. I never went back. Mm -hmm. I I met someone who was coaching professionally, and I'm like, wait a minute, I I was coaching back with Landmark Education. You can Mm -hmm. do this as a career? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And again, this is back in 98. And uh, so I went and got myself in a coach training program, hired my first coach, got my first client,
0: and I've been coaching for 20 years wonderful wonderful thanks a lot for sharing that conversation with us and i'm sure that many of our listeners can relate to that spark of joy or that exhilaration that you experience when you realize a sense of possibility whether it's a career or maybe it's a new relationship or maybe it's a new way of living like you did like is it really possible to get paid as a coach for helping people transform their lives uh, and as it seems it is. So, so thanks a lot yeah. for sharing that story with us. And Can I add to that?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think it rarely occurs to humans as, oh, wait, this is possible. I can see the path. I know hundred percent I can do it. All I feel is excited. Mm. It doesn't, it didn't occur like that for me. And it doesn't mm. occur like that for most of my clients. Usually it's a bit scary. It's mm. like, can I really do it? How do I do it? There are a thousand options. Yeah. what's the right step? Do I have the money? Do I have the time? Do I have the skill? Do I have the confidence? Being an entrepreneur can can be a very scary prospect. So I just wanted to say that people might look at my success and say, oh, well, you just knew how to do it, or it was easy Mm. for you. No, every step of the way, I I have uncertainty. And then you try a thousand things and five things work.
0: That's my experience. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing that. And yeah, I definitely can relate to that, where you get this jolt of emotion, this excitement, this joy, but then you start rationalizing, right? What is the next step should I do? Can I do this? Am I made for this? Or you start doubting yourself. And I think, like you've pointed out, at the end of the day, it's a numbers game. You throw a lot of things at the wall, and ultimately, maybe out of 100 or even 1,000, five stick, and those are things that work for you. And in those moments, I guess you need to have these tough conversations with yourself as well as with others, right? So what do you define as a tough conversation?
1: Tough conversation is one the one you don't wanna have. And there are usually two reasons I've identified, two broad reasons. One is fear of discomfort. I'm gonna feel uncomfortable in this. This person might accuse me of something. They might get angry or upset with me. Um, I might feel angry or upset. I can't control how it's going to go. There's a lot of vulnerability here. So first reason is fear of discomfort. And the second reason is fear of loss. Mm. We don't want to have that tough conversation because if I confess something to my partner, she might break up with me. Mm. If I tell my boss I screwed up uh, or that I don't agree with what she's doing uh, or I'm uncomfortable with the workplace situation, I might get fired. So. Uh, or a friend may not speak to me again. So right. tough conversations, one you don't want to have, usually because of either fear of c- discomfort,
0: fear of loss, or both. Right. These are very valid points. I mean, as our listeners are trying to visualize, I'm sure that keeps coming in their mind is, if I have this conversation, first of all, the process is going to be very uncomfortable because a lot of times we don't know what to say and how hard to react to what is being said based on how we start the conversation, or even the potential loss, because there are a lot of things that are out of our control, right? And one of that is how the other party responds in many times in a permanent fashion. But talk to us a bit about how can having these tough conversations transform a person's life? If the person knows how to conduct the conversation, what to say, how to navigate through it, what is the potential or what are the potential rewards of these tough conversations? Great question.
1: I I understand, and, and let's assume that the person knows how to artfully have the conversation because yeah. I understand if you've got no idea how to have it, I understand why you might want to avoid it, mm-hmm. but um, I have a four-step blueprint and we can give listeners, if you like, uh, a link to that at the end of the show so they can download it and you'll have a guideline. So let's assume that you do know, uh, because you've got the blueprint, how to have the conversation let's talk about why. Why would we bother with something that could risk discomfort and risk some kind of loss? Mm. Well, the metaphor I like to use is tough conversations are like a scary doorway. We Mm. see this doorway and it's maybe got cobwebs on it and it just, you know, maybe there's a skull and crossbones on the front and it just looks scary because we're aware of what we could lose and we're aware Mm. that we might have discomfort. But Mm. if we if we're willing to screw up our courage and go through the door, there are treasures on the other side. And my job is to make those treasures, um, public and raise those in people's consciousness so that we're not just seeing the risk of loss, but we're seeing Mm. the gain. And here are some of the gains. The obvious, I'll start with the obvious one. The obvious one is some kind of external result. So if you Mm. have a tough conversation at work, You might be able to resolve something with an employee, some conflict you have, and now you've created harmony. Mm. Or uh, you might get a pay rise that you want. Or if you have a tough conversation with a prospective client, you might ask for the sale and get the sale. Mm. You might get closer with your partner. You might get married to your partner. You can get Mm. all sorts of external results. Those are the obvious reasons to be brave with your tough conversations. But there are other results I've identified. When I have a tough conversation, I like myself more. Mm. Even if I don't get what I want, I feel proud of myself. My confidence develops and I like that I'm self expressed. Mm. My voice matters. I've spoken up. I'm having, I like to call this um, agency. It's not Mm. a very commonly used word, but agency means I am causing the matter. Right. So I think it's invaluable for our self esteem, our growth, and our confidence. And then another result is often I get to deepen connection with the person that mm. I'm having that conversation with. So let's say um, I'm, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about uh, someone I coached who had robbed a house when he was a teenager mm. in his hometown. So he committed a burglary, and this guy's this guy's a manager in a huge company, high integrity. An amazing mm-hmm. person, like someone you would call a friend if you knew him. But this is something he did when he was a kid. And he's been carrying that around for 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 years. He went and had that tough conversation and confessed it to his childhood friend. Mm-hmm. And um you he he got result number two of improving his self-esteem and liking himself more and his confidence, but also he got way more connected with his childhood friend. Mm. He was risking prosecution. He was risking having his reputation trashed mm-hmm. in his hometown. And rightly so, because he committed a burglary, that was what he put at risk. And he ended up getting connected with this guy. The guy was like, wow, I, ca- I can't believe you si- you telling me after all this time. He said, we were really upset. We didn't know who someone targeted us or if we were in trouble or mm-hmm. what it was. He said, it's a relief to know after all this time that it was just couple of kids being idiots. And he said, look, you know, we're good. You owe me 250 bucks, but other than that, we're good. So he got connection Mm -hmm. out of it. And I think it's hard to put a price on, on that. Now you might think, yeah, but if my boss gets angry at me, we're not going to be more connected. Yeah. I dispute that. I dispute it. You're already disconnected because the tough conversation isn't happening. You've already got an issue Mm -hmm. or you wouldn't have a tough conversation. So you're already upset with something in the office or wanting to change something and feeling too timid about it. It's already causing a disconnection. Mm -hmm. So if you're willing to take a risk and have that conversation, then um, even if your boss disagrees with you and says, well, we're not going to do that, but Mm -hmm. I I get your point of view and thanks for speaking up, you can
0: still feel more connected even if you didn't get the result that you're hoping for. Got it. So these are all really powerful and valid points. And Action Tribe, if you're listening to this stream right now, or if you're listening to this podcast right now, and if there's an area that you feel that you might need to have a tough conversation, make sure you let us know in the comments below. Uh, And if you have a question as well, make sure that you let us know in the comments so I can feature them for David. And David, also, as far as energy healing is concerned, what I found is it's really unhealthy to keep a conversation or an idea or something that is unexpressed within ourselves for a long time because that really leads to disease right that leads to some emotional stagnancy or blockage that sort of manifests years down the line and can lead to chronic illness or or even something like cancer so i see from that perspective having a tough conversation can be so releasing but also like you mentioned it can benefit firstly your health the fact that it can manifest into something amazing, like an opportunity, like a new relationship or a new job or a new opportunity, or thirdly, just a renewed sense of connection with that person who you've probably known for a long time, but they yeah. did not know that dimension about you. So so thanks a lot for Yeah, okay, and
1: I'd like to add one too, because there's another mm. benefit. And I yeah. want to d- double click on what you just said. It's mm. so true, the peace of mind mm. That could come like what value or, or, or price do we put on carrying something for years that's oh, yeah. bugging us? Like, like let's suppose uh, my mother disappointed me and I mm. felt totally let down when I was 15 and have never told her that mm. I'm carrying that around. So how do we value the peace of mind that can come from it? And then the health benefits as we release the energy and don't carry that around. I know it's scary, but this is one of the treasures. So I totally agree with you. And then another benefit, let's call it a fifth benefit, is I find when we, when we have a tough conversation, we can literally transform our own reality. Right. So as an example, I coached mm-hmm. someone who was interviewing for a job and she didn't like how the guy was speaking with her. Mm-hmm. She didn't feel respected. So she was going to just run and say, I'm not taking the job, not tell him why, or, or tell him, I don't like how you speak to me. I'm out. Just dump it and run. Mm-hmm. And in the coaching conversation, she realized that she didn't have tough conversations. She had tough monologues. Oh, okay. She just dump it and run. So I helped her open up and look at what could be the benefit of having a conversation with this guy, making a request. Yeah, And she decided to take a risk and go and do it. And the guy was amazed. He said, I had no idea that I was speaking like that. Would you show me how to communicate with you better? Mm. And she ended up taking the job. And uh, as far as I know, she's still very happy working there. But her reality shifted in her mm-hmm. mind. The way the world was, was he's a jerk. This is the way he speaks. He's never going to change. I can't change him. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to go this direction. Her reality shifted. He became a different person in her world because Mm -hmm. of a tough conversation.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, as you share the story, the way I look at it is the ability to have a conversation in a way that influences somebody's behavior or just the culture or environment that you're a part of in a way that also makes them like you more as a result of that conversation I think that's a that's a life skill to have, right? It's it's I can see how powerful that could be, especially given the context of the example that you shared. Now, as we're you know talking about tough conversations, what are some examples of tough conversations uh, that have brought the biggest shifts in the lives of people that you worked with? Well,
1: the burglary was a was a big example for yeah. for uh, this one person that I coached. Uh, for me. It made a big difference in my life when I called up the college that I attended when I was younger Mm -hmm. and apologized for stealing their sign. Mm. So there's a big expensive sign at the front of college. And when I was maybe 17, I went and stole the sign, Mm -hmm. not once, but twice. Okay. And uh, I drive past the college and I just, something felt off. Mm. Each time I'd look at it, I just felt this, this weird sensation in my body, and I just was a bit embarrassed about mm. what I'd done. And it took three or four months of driving past the college for me to realize I need to have a tough conversation. Mm. I need to make a confession here. Now, I was scared, uh, and if you, when you download the, the uh, blueprint, you'll get a worksheet too, which will help you identify what you're afraid of. I was afraid of prosecution.
2: Mm. I
1: was afraid of a newspaper article. And me being outed in the community as, as a vandal. Uh, and I realized some people would probably go, oh, well, he was a kid at the time. No big deal. But some people wouldn't care about that. So I was pretty scared. And I called up the college and I spoke to the principal who didn't know who I was. Because mm. this is 20 years after college. And I told him what had happened. And I said, I apologize. I'd like to make it right. How much are they? And can I pay for one? And he said, well, your timing's good because we just lost another of the damn things. Mm. And um he was blown away. He was like, who are you? Why are you calling after all this time? And it ended up um, he didn't prosecute. He was happy to get a check from me. And then he sent me a personal invitation to the opening of the new wing of the college. Mm. Now, I I used to play up a lot, as you you might be getting from this story. Um, You know, I'd smoked weed in college and uh, I'd take people up on the roof of college. We'd have a little party up there, try not to be caught. And Mm. so I wasn't welcome at that college for For that last 20 years. I've been banned. I got on well with the principal, but she said, you lead trouble. And Mm -hmm. so you're not welcome here. So to be invited back personally, to go back to this place that I wasn't welcome before as an honored guest was an extraordinary experience. And it just so happened that the prime minister of Australia was there to open the new wing because it was his district. I didn't Mm -hmm. even know that. So he's there and 300 people are lined up to shake his hand and I couldn't be bothered. But by amazing coincidence, I'm standing next to his media secretary, who's Mm -hmm. an old friend of mine, and the prime minister comes over, hands the media secretary some stuff and says, hold this rubbish, will you? And then the principal sees me standing next to the prime minister and comes over and says, Mr. Prime Minister, can I introduce an alumni? Of mm. ours. So I got to meet the Prime Minister of Australia and tell him what a life coach was because back then he, he hadn't even heard of it. Okay. And all of this came out of me just cleaning up something that didn't feel right and mm-hmm. risking my, my reputation. So that's, that's one example that made a big difference to me, not just meeting right. the Prime Minister, but my self esteem and my sense of integrity and how mm-hmm. I feel about myself that I. I don't know that there's anything that can't be cleaned up in some way that Mm -hmm. you've done, no matter what you're carrying around that you think, well, I screwed that up. There's no way to fix that. Mm -hmm. Or I wish I hadn't done that. I feel so guilty, but it's too late now. Hey, I, you know, I carried something for 30 years because when I was younger, I did something that could have hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I don't tell the details of the story partly because it's not just my story to tell. Um, it involves somebody else, but I just, I felt so bad about it for 30 years. And finally I decided to track this person down and confess to what I'd done, which was illegal
2: as well. Mm -hmm. I said,
1: look, I know, I know I was a kid at the time, but I did this. It was me. I'm sorry. I want to check for impact and apologize. And it turned out that, um, they weren't impacted at all and it wasn't a big deal. And they said, it's fine, but thanks for, thanks for talking to me but I can't tell you the relief to me to know that I hadn't hurt somebody mm-hmm. and to know that I wasn't going to face criminal prosecution because as far as I knew, I, maybe somebody knew, maybe one day it was going to bite me. So I really want – I believe most humans are carrying around some kind of guilt or shame, uh, which is just one area of tough conversations, and I don't want anyone to have to carry that around. Now, I understand there are risks – So you want to weigh up the risk. If you could be facing jail or a divorce or losing your job, then yeah, you really maybe get some coaching, maybe get some legal advice before you do it. But in my experience so far, it's always been worth taking the risk to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, I cannot think yet of one conversation where I'd say, I just, I bet I could find one if I really looked. But then nothing's coming to mind where I think I wish
0: I hadn't even gone there. Mm. So you you don't regret any of the tough conversations that you've had. Uh, so here's my question: I mean, a while back you spoke about agency, right? The fact. Oh wait, a, no, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait a minute. I'm running it through in
1: my head, seeing if this is something I can share publicly. Yeah. I can't share the whole thing, but there was there was one time when um, I cheated on a partner. Okay, and I came clean. I, I, I basically I was confronted, and I said yes, and it got me in so much trouble. Mm. It, not just a breakup, but just caused so much trouble in my life. That's one time if I could go back and maybe redo that, I might not have confessed because okay. I I used to think you should tell the truth all the time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I do think it's a beautiful ideal, and I aspire to that. But hey, I'll tell you there are times when I will not have that tough conversation. I'll give you an example: Um, if I'm coming into the U.S. Mm -hmm. and I want to live in the U.S., yeah, and I might be say I'm meeting with a client or I'm going to try and get a client or something while I'm here, and immigration says, "Are you going to work while you're here?" Mm -hmm. I may not choose to have that tough conversation and tell the truth. I may say, "No, sir," because it's 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 important to me to actually be able to live in the U S and I might decide that I wanted to do that thing. Yeah. Um, when I was in Bali, I was subletting a villa Mm -hmm. so I rented my villa and then I sublet the guest villa and it was covering my rent. Now I knew it wasn't legal, but I figured if I have to pay a fine and if I ultimately get deported, I'll take that risk. Yeah. I got busted and I had immigration come to my door, flash a badge and say, I was one of the questioning the next day. And I'd, I thought, well, I've thought this through, you know, that's fine. I'll show up and I'll take my lumps and, you know, and, and maybe I'll, I'll tell the truth and, uh, take the consequences. But then I did some research and found out I was facing possible jail time mm. for subletting a villa. They could put me in jail and then negotiate a bribe, a huge bribe. And I don't have a lot of leverage if I'm in jail. Right. So I decided that was a tough conversation I didn't want to have. And I actually spoke to a lawyer um, who I didn't know because my lawyer was trying to cut a deal and negotiate a bribe. And I mm. ended, so he had a vested interest in it and I didn't trust his opinion. I spoke to a lawyer I didn't know and she said, leave the country. Mm. She said, leave, dismantle everything. After three months, it'll all blow over and you can come back. So there are times when... I respect someone choosing not to have a tough conversation. Even if someone chooses not to tell their partner that they've cheated, that's hard for me because I have a high value on, um, on integrity and honesty, particularly in relationships. Mm-hmm. But I understand that someone might go, I'm not willing to be single and I'm going to lie to someone. It doesn't match my values, but I can't understand why you'd make that choice. Mm-hmm.
0: Action Tribe, are you interested in healing using Ayurveda? But find it a bit overwhelming to get started. Because if yes, then I totally feel you because there are so many ingredients that go into the mix. Ashwagandha, trifala, bacopa, curcumin, turmeric, to name just a few that it can get confusing. The good news is that the friendly team at Uveda can help, which is a family-owned business that produces full support supplements that contain high-quality organic ingredients that can heal you. For example, the Uveda My Healthy Digestion Kit contains a unique complex of Ayurvedic herbs, probiotics, and naturally sourced multivitamins that can work together to provide complete digestive support and overall wellness. And I've tried it myself. They are amazing at it. They've got a variety of solutions depending on whether you'd like to improve your mood, enhance your digestion, heal your joints, or just build overall immunity. And all the ingredients are ethically sourced from natives who practice sustainability so you can feel good about it. So if you've been planning to balance your inner energies, your Vata, Pitta, Kapha, then now is the perfect time to try them out because they've put together an amazing offer for Action Tribe with a 35% discount. Visit uveda.com forward slash action tribe or apply coupon code action tribe at checkout. This season, gift yourself the experience of peace and relaxation. The link you need is y o u v e d a dot forward slash a c t i o n t r i b e. Once again, that's uveda.com forward slash action tribe. Got it, got it. So listeners, you need to use your good judgment. And if you're not sure, speak to somebody or maybe get a coach or uh, get a lawyer in case you need legal advice. But there are certain instances where you might not want to have that conversation just yet, uh, but it's just good to know that having these conversations can really lead to a lot of release uh, on multiple levels.
1: I'd say nine times out of 10, in my experience, there's profit in Mm -hmm. having the conversation. That's why I'm an evangelist for this. If it was 50-50, I wouldn't bother speaking about it. But there are risks. I need to say that up front. You Mm -hmm. need to work out if the profit, if the potential gain is greater than the potential risk. Mm -hmm. And usually the risk isn't that high. Like the risk that your boss will get furious and fire you is not very high. Maybe your boss might get upset for a little bit and then get over it it's not that high, but the chance of a gain yeah. is often much higher. So nine times out of 10, I
0: found there's normally
1: huge gains to be had in taking that risk.
0: Got it. Now, David, uh, talk to us about the work uh, that you've done with prison inmates, because uh, you, you've you done some work and there have been you know numerous uh, results and learnings as a result of that, right? So firstly, how did it all begin and how are you helping uh, these inmates? I think it began
1: when I heard about someone who was teaching Five Rhythms dance okay. uh, and Sweat Your Prayers dance in a prison, and I was I've I've wanted for years and years. I felt like I should be doing more. Okay, <clears throat> in terms of giving back, helping society. Uh, I've been focused a lot and still am on building my business and s- succeeding in the world. And I, I, when I see other people, I feel some shame, like oh, I should be doing more. And so I heard about this dance thing and I thought I, how amazing would that be to go into a prison and get prison inmates feeling in their body and moving around and I wanted that experience but I didn't really know the person. Mm-hmm. So fast forward about 8 years and I'm here in Colorado and I'm hanging out with all these people and I'm I'm starting to study authentic relating training. Okay. How to communicate openly and honestly with another human and I met a guy at one of these events and I, I had a man crush on him. I really liked him, just felt so connected and we exchanged phone numbers. Yeah. And then I just followed up one day and said, what's up? And he said, well, I'm just, I'm heading to a prison to teach authentic relating. And I was like, wow, I knew I wanted to do something in prison and I'm just fascinated by that whole scenario. And, yeah. and like, what freedoms do I take for granted and, and all of that. And then the fact that it's authentic relating, which is something that I, I was re- really excited about and that I've been basically coaching on for 20 years in a way. Yeah. I said, Can I get in on that? And so he put me in touch with the director, Laurie Lazar, who is the executive director of Authentic Relating International, which is a nonprofit that goes in and helps rehumanize inmates and mm-hmm. show them how to connect with other humans so that firstly they can survive and thrive in prison, mm-hmm. but when they get out, they know how to communicate with a potential boss run right. an interview, with co-workers, with their family who might be resenting them for, for what they've done. They can learn how to be human out there. So their chances of committing another crime and coming back go down.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's how that's how I got into it. Now I've been to four prisons. So I guess that's eight days in prison and it's it's quite it's quite the, uh, the eye-opener. They're not messing around there. When that when that door slams behind you, mm-hmm. so there's a door shut in front of you and a door slammed behind you and someone's watching you on a camera.
2: Yeah.
1: And you're waiting for the other door to open so you can go through even to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's, um, I mean, you, you, I don't know if, if you know what it's like if an officer pulls you over, you've got that authority and you know you could be in trouble and they've got a gun Mm. right or if yeah. you're going through immigration and you don't you're not a citizen of this country and oh, yeah. they and they ask you to come into the back room which i've had multiple times uh it's scary you're in someone oh, else's yeah. power well prison is like that times times 10 what yeah. i do have going for me is i know the chances are super high that i'm going to be let out and mm-hmm. i've got i've still got privileges oh yeah and rights that none of the other inmates have so i've got that sense of power and privilege. Uh um, But still, I find it very confronting.
0: Well, yeah, I've heard uh, that, especially in the USA, there's a lot of talk or discussion around uh, prison reforms, right? Because I see that a lot of people have been put in jail for long sentences for petty crimes, small crimes, uh, that uh, are also, in many cases, wasting taxpayers' money, right? So there's a lot of discussion around that, but... There are uh, juveniles in prison... For life, wow. I'm serious, there were sentences
1: juveniles for life and and in Colorado, <clears throat> that law, I believe, has just been overturned okay. so that so that now those juveniles are becoming eligible mm-hmm. for parole. but yeah, it's as u s has the highest incarceration rate in the world. Mm-hmm. so something's going on here, and I am very happy that they're that they're bringing in prison reform to yeah. try and In Colorado, it's all about normalizing yeah, so that they can relate as a normal human being and less of the authority figure with the scary CO uh, who doesn't share any information and the the prison inmate. It's like, let's normalize it so we can have a normal conversation. You can have Mm -hmm. maybe some more of the rights that you would have on the outside so that when you get out, you know how to be a human being.
0: Mm. Well, that I think is could be really, really useful for uh, these inmates, right? Because I I saw the video that that you posted, the preview video, and you were uh, conducting these sessions and these workshops with them, and it was uh, pretty emotional, right? So what was it like working with these inmates and maybe what's the most surprising thing that you found from this experience? Well,
1: despite the power dynamic, which I Mm -hmm. realize makes it pretty impossible to be equals, because, you know, the inmates seem to have so few privileges mm-hmm. and they're, so, they're in the power of everybody else. Mm-hmm. What that generates is um, normally, I believe, less authenticity and there's a motivation to manipulate. So it's the same talking to your boss. You're not just yeah. going to be 100% candid with your boss because your boss can fire you. Yeah. So you want to present a good face to someone who's teaching you something in prison because maybe they might be a reference for you on parole mm. or something like that. So I understand there's that. However, I did enjoy <clears throat> relating to them as one guy to another or one human to another. And I did enjoy some of the jokes and I went there. I I joked about some stuff that I wouldn't have thought I could could get away with in prison, but I think they got that I was coming from a good place. Like one okay. guy... One guy, we had them all doing their scary prison walk. Like, show show us your arrogant, dominating walk where you're trying to be a badass. Mm. We had them all walking around. And one guy was doing such a crazy ghetto walk. Mm. I ran across from the other side of the room and started shadowing him Mm. because I wanted to learn how to do this walk. And I'm trying to do this, and I'm pretending I'm walking around the prison yard. And he turns around, and this could have gone in any direction, but I said, keep going. i got to learn this. (laughs) Okay. Okay. <laughs> he kept on walking around doing this thing. Yeah. And I was following him. Everyone's laughing. Mm. And uh, the next day I said to everybody, I said, look, you won't realize that this, but this was a big moment for me. When, When is a little white guy like me going to get to shadow a big black guy like that in prison and walk mm. away from it? And, yeah. they, and fortunately, they laughed their heads off. <laughs> so I just enjoyed being real with them. And In that vein of being real, there was one guy who uh, looked a bit scary, and it turned out he'd been in Afghanistan. His job was to kill people in Afghanistan, and he looked pretty intimidating. He looked military. And one of our assistants in the course told us at the end of the first day that after an interaction with that guy, he was shaking. So Mm -hmm. our staff member was in the bathroom shaking, because this guy was so intense. Maybe he was trying to stir him up or something, but he's like, Mm. are you scared? You look scared now. What's going on with you? And so it really shook him. And I, at the time I thought, I I said out loud, I kind of wish that I'd been in your shoes because I'd I'd like to be tested. Mm. I'd like to see if I could handle that. And you got to be careful what you wish for. Well, the next day, this guy comes over and chooses me for an exercise Mm. and he sits down with me And we're doing this exercise and I had to, um, he had to yell at me about something. I had to play the role of a friend of his Mm. and he, he started yelling at me. And as I listened to the story, I started to feel compassion. He was worried about his friend. He was worried about losing his friend. And I just, I started to like, just tear up a little bit and I just mirrored it back. I said, it sounds like you're really worried about losing me. You've lost a number of people and you can't lose one more. Mm -hmm. And the guy jumped up and ran to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. This scary military guy jumped up with tears in his eyes and ran to the bathroom. My story is because it was too intense for him to have Mm -hmm. all these feelings come up and haven't been met with compassion. And he didn't Mm -hmm. want to see people to see him blubbering. So I've been moved so many times to tears by seeing other inmates either inspired and lit up by what they're going to do with their life, or by seeing them get in touch with their emotion and let it out and be seen in front of the group. It's it's very it's very rewarding to me to see that. I get inspired.
0: Oh, absolutely! It, it sounds like a really really rewarding experience, especially when you had uh, situations that you did not plan. Right? I'm sure there was some element that was planned, and then something that was just. Uh, this happened in the moment, like you, like you shared. Now, while we've discussed that, it's important to have these tough conversations, a lot of times one might not be aware that these conversations exist within them that they need to have. So how do you go about uncovering these tough conversations that one can potentially have?
1: Yeah. That's so important to ask that because people aren't generally walking around thinking, well, I've got six tough conversations to have. Let me go and get help with that. No. What's happening is people are walking around and they've swept under the carpet, a lot of the issues and Mm -hmm. the, and what we can find easier than the conversations, is what are the issues or the problems we have with people? So uh, for, I think a great exercise is grab a sheet of paper and a pen and just start writing a list of people on the left-hand side. Anyone who comes into your mind that you don't feel a hundred percent wonderful with, or that you resent, or you've got some anger or some guilt about how you treated them. It can be people currently who are important in your life. It um, could be people where there's something you haven't said, you have a confession, there's some kind of secret. Write all those people down. And if you want it, if you really want bonus points, get another sheet of paper and write down people from the past, mm. people you hate, people you resent, people you don't like, people you judge. And then in the right-hand column next to those names, write what's the issue. You don't have to know what the conversation is, but maybe, you know, um, I don't know, I'm thinking about a boss of mine from years ago and I didn't like how, um, I just felt undervalued by him. He seemed to value others, but he didn't value my work. So Mm. I might write that down. And you write down all these issues and it doesn't mean that you now have to go and have all those conversations, but now they can start to come into your awareness
2: Mm.
1: and you don't even have to start with the toughest. You might start with a couple of the easy ones. Go and circle a couple. There might be there might be something you've been wanting in bed with your partner, something mm. you want your partner do, to do to you or that you want to do to them or something you want to try. You haven't said it because you're a bit embarrassed. All right, boom, circle that one. That's a tough conversation. There might be someone who disappointed you at some time uh, in your life and you've just been carrying that around. Circle that. There's another one. That's how do I that's one way to identify the conversations. And I want to give another tip too. Here's a really good clue. Mm-hmm. When you find yourself complaining to somebody else about somebody or a situation, mm-hmm. that's your clue that there's a tough conversation to have. If you find yourself gossiping about someone, oh yeah, that guy just talks and talks and talks. Or I just I, I hate how he does how he complains. Or I hate that's your clue that there's a potential
0: tough conversation. To have with that person. Got it. So, Action Tribe, I hope you have these ideas now. It might be something that is deep within you, something that is from many years back, or just some offhanded comment, or something that you say to some other person about this, this other person, at resentment that you hold. These are opportunities where you can potentially have these tough conversations. But it all starts with writing them down. And thanks a lot for sharing that uh, with us, David. You're welcome. Uh, Now, inherent in these tough conversations, I guess, is the importance to push beyond your comfort zone, right? And and these days, like we were talking before this interview, I myself, am pushing myself uh, beyond my comfort zone through cold showers in the morning, trying to wake up earlier in the morning and and sort of set up my morning routine and doing a lot of breath work so I can control my breath. But talk to us about the importance and the necessity to really test our comfort zone or to experience more discomfort in our lives. What does that do for us?
1: I love that question. And you know, um I heard a guy speak recently, I forget his name, the guy who started the Spartan race. And okay. he had a really good point. He said that our comfort zone, say two hundred years ago, might mm-hmm. have been might have been this big, right? Right. It'd be fairly huge. We were yeah. used to used to walking miles through the snow. Yeah. Uh used to being cold used to working 10-, 12-hour days just to put food on the table, used to getting beaten up, I assume, uh, perhaps getting raped. Sexual abuse was like, you know, 200 years ago, it was a whole different ballgame. We we didn't have machines to wash our clothes. We didn't have machines to generate uh, electricity for light. Yeah. Um, All of that. So this was our comfort zone. These days, I've led a... by comparison, a pretty cushy life. Mm. Right? So now it gets to the point where if my cup of tea isn't really hot, yeah, that's a problem for me. Mm-hmm. We're sitting on a plane and the seat doesn't go back far enough. CK, Louis CK, you know, he says people complaining, it doesn't recline, you know, <laughs> or oh, the internet's not fast enough, Yeah, uh, 20,000 feet above the earth. I'm re- you know, so we've gotten to be, we've kind of been pampered so much Mm -hmm. that our comfort zone has shrunk to this. And I believe that a lot of the treasures in life, using that door analogy, just beyond the scary door of the treasures, were just beyond our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So we've got to go out of our comfort zone to go through that scary door to find the treasure. Mm -hmm. And that's where growth happens as well. Growth doesn't seem to happen as much in the comfort zone. So as a self-practice i seem to have cultivated since an early age being willing to feel fear mm. i will jump off a mountain with a paraglider strapped to my back solo i will go up to a woman in a bar terrified of being rejected i will mm. go and step on stage um and almost pee my pants i did this on national tv, TV once in a kilt i was so terrified I'm willing, there's something in me that drives me to be willing to feel that discomfort for the rewards on the other side. Yeah. So I think it's a good thing to cultivate. If you're not willing to feel discomfort, if you're going to stay in this tiny comfort zone we have, you're going to miss out on a lot of conversations and a lot of great results. Mm -hmm. So I love what you're doing as a practice to cultivate discomfort. Cold showers are a good example. I, I started stepping into Boulder Creek yeah. last year and uh, incredible pain initially, but yeah. I started to work up to it. Um, I've just gotten off antidepressants in the last oh. few months and then another, another drug that was really hard. So I went way beyond my comfort zone and getting off that because I wanted the potential benefits on the other side. So anything that you can do to cultivate a practice in the prison, we do an exercise specifically for this, because if we want the prison inmates or anyone else to be able to sit and handle someone coming at you with a lot of anger, you've got to cultivate discomfort. So we actually have them get there with their, with their arms held out in a position that is pretty easy to hold for a minute, but, and then you start, <clears throat> squatting a little bit mm-hmm. and after about three minutes you start to shake ah. muscles start to tremble <clears throat> the arms start to tremble and you've got a partner and you don't want to let your partner down so you push yourself <clears throat> beyond and it's an exercise in just pure discomfort mm-hmm. can i handle this and after 10 minutes it's like ah, oh, we're done <clears throat> but now they know they can do that the theory <laughs> is that they will then know if you can do a cold shower you can do that that you can be
0: uncomfortable in a conversation oh yeah i definitely find that as well it's all interconnected right when you're getting into the cold shower now i don't jump into the cold shower i take about 15 seconds or 20 seconds in 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 the warm shower because i find that it helps with opening your pores as well but then i turn the faucet all the way towards cold but i find that like you've alluded to if i spend my time in the morning in that cold shower for 10 minutes or 12 minutes whatever that, that time might be, there's a neural pathway that's created, right? In my ability to handle that level of stress so that if something happens during the day, somebody's not acting the way I want them to, or something doesn't work out, or, you know, something goes, you know, doesn't work out as planned. I'm able to take that because of that one cold shower I had early in the morning.
1: Wow. Yeah. I I like that. We've we've been running away and I include myself in this, been running away from discomfort for most of our lives. Mm and uh you know anyone who's gone to the gym and pushed through a barrier oh, yeah. has experienced what it's like to feel discomfort and go through it for the rewards let's just translate that to our personal growth and our communication and be willing to take a risk and feel uncomfortable because there's good stuff on the other side
0: okay so let's say somebody listening to the show right now or watching the stream right now has decided that there is this one conversation that they need to have and they're ready to have it and in most cases people need to have this conversation at the workplace because uh, you know people tend to make the workplace a toxic environment so let's say they want to have a discussion with this coworker or maybe their boss or their colleague what are some things to keep in mind to ensure that they're able to navigate this tough conversation with ease well i'll give you the
1: four steps from the blueprint you just follow the four steps uh, okay. let's let's come up with a concrete example so uh, is it a
0: coworker or a boss? Uh, so let's say it's a coworker who's making life miserable for this individual. Uh, maybe just, you know, off-handed comments or All right. you know. Yeah. Something like All right,
1: that. good. So let's say the coworker is putting is putting me down. Putting me down, exactly. And you know, just just constantly undermining, uh, making derogatory comments. Um, okay, good. <clears throat> so the step zero is to do the worksheet. So, uh, And you'll get that when you download the four-step blueprint. And the worksheet will help you realize things like, what are you hoping will come out of this conversation? What's your intention? What are you afraid of? Why, what makes it tough? There must be some kind of concern you have. And then is there a request you have so that you're not just sharing your experience, but you're trying to direct it in a certain direction? Right. So you go through that. And then step one, ask permission. To have the conversation, don't just launch into it. So, with this coworker, I might say, "Hey, Jenny, do you have uh, do you have three minutes for a quick conversation? It might be a little awkward, but my hope is that um, my hope is that we'll work better together, and I'll actually enjoy working with you more. This is this is your chance to enroll the person mm-hmm. in, in having that conversation and give them a bit of a heads up so they know this is a bit edgy for you. Um, so, ask permission." And then we'll share the hope from the worksheet. That's a good place to do it. Step two, share your concern. This is optional. I don't always do it, but it can really help. Um, can be quite preemptive. So Jenny, I, I hesitate to bring it up because um, <clears throat> I'm worried you might think I'm an idiot or that I'm oversensitive um, and you just might be aggressive about it instead of listening to me. So I, I kind of hesitate to bring it up, but I think it's worth talking about. So I'm going to anyway, this lets her know that this is a bit edgy for me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a bit worried about doing this and I'm on my edge. Step three, this is where you share the issue. And if you have a request, you'll bring it in here. So, um, I often find when you say something about me, it doesn't seem positive to me and it's not even, not even balanced. Like half of it's good. Half of it's critical. It seems, me to be like maybe 80 90 percent of the time it's undermining it's uh belittling and it doesn't feel good to me and i want to ask for you to be more conscious of it and to say positive things Mm. or nothing and uh and then i'll go straight on to step four here because it feels natural step four is get curious find out about their world how's this land for them and this is where you listen so I might go straight on from that into, uh, I'm curious, how does it look from your point of view? Does mm. that seem right that it's all been negative? Have you not noticed? Do you care, not care? I just, I'm just wondering, how is it for you to hear this and what are your thoughts on this? And then you really shut up and listen mm. and you negotiate. The, see, the other person might have a better idea than what you had. You know, maybe, maybe they say, you know what, I actually think you're too sensitive and um, I don't judge you at all but I think you judge yourself. And I, um, I want to needle you a little bit so that you get tougher. I might get enrolled in that. You're like, who knows? Mm. But, But this is where you give them a chance to listen. So that those are the four steps. How is it for you to hear those four steps? Did, did they all make sense? Was, were there any that stood out as being strange? Oh,
0: this is to me. Yeah. Okay. No, no. uh, I think these four steps are really, really useful. I mean, I can't overstate overstate this because you provided a wonderful step-by-step procedure to having that conversation, which usually is charged up with emotions, right? And so I see a sense of leadership also because you're not just sharing, just going out there and blurting out what was on your mind for so many months or even years, but you're navigating that in a very calm, and confident approach in a way that allows for you to receive feedback from them as well, because sometimes you miss out on that. So I think this is a blueprint, which I could also use, whether it's uh, having these conversations with people in my family or maybe colleagues or even somebody who I'm looking forward to doing business with. But I think this is really useful for us. So thanks a lot for sharing. Uh, and also, how, how do, what is that link that members can use to, to download the worksheet?
1: Yeah. I'll give you the website. And then I have a couple of invitations for people. Go to Mm playforreal.life. That's playforreal.life. And you can download the blueprint for free. Also, um, my podcast is now launched since our last interview, AJ. And so if you want to join Tough Conversations with David Wood and listen to me as well as AJ, I'd love to have you on the podcast. And uh, you, you can subscribe at the website, and if something in this conversation resonated with you and you'd like to up-level your life, either with through tough conversations or through some other skill, then see if you qualify for a discovery session on the website. Just click on request a session. And if you qualify, I don't
0: charge for those sessions because it's how I find the right people to work with long-term. Got it. So Action Tribe, we have one phase left for our show, but if you're enjoying this session so far, then make sure that you hit the subscribe button on your phone. Especially on your iPhone, because it will ensure that you do not miss out on any future episodes because we've got a lot in store for you. Once again, hit the subscribe button uh, so that you stay in the know. I hope you enjoyed today's episode where we spoke about the importance and significance of having these tough conversations. And I'm pretty sure that you have some ideas now on how you can get started with uh, transforming your life. Remember that it's never too late because. Everything that you've done so far has led you to this particular situation and phase in your life. Um, and you need to trust your journey for that. But what happens right now, you are in full control. So, so take some time to reflect, to contemplate, to journal based on what is being shared today so that you know that who it is that you need to speak to and the conversations that you need to have. And remember, discomfort isn't a bad thing. Discomfort is your friend because it helps you grow and transform your life but you have to start somewhere and the best place to start is today because like les brown always reminds us you don't have to be great to get started but you have to get started in order to be great someday or maybe even tomorrow uh, and with that we've come to the last round which is the wisdom round uh, so david i know it's been a couple of months since we've last had an interview and maybe things have changed since then uh, but Perhaps we can do this once again. Based on where you are today, what is that best piece of advice that you recall that was given to you? Share your inner dialogue. Got it. And if you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone who is living or dead, who would it be? I might
1: spend an hour with my sister who passed away when I was younger.
0: And these days, what is it one thing that you do in the morning or maybe in the evening in Colorado that has improved the quality of your life? I've been jogging almost every day,
1: getting out on a mountain trail with my dog, and I like myself more each time I do this.
0: Oh, I love jogging as well. I think there's something that happens. It's the runner's high right after you complete your jogging session that uh, even chemically wants you to do more of that activity on a daily basis. So I love jogging myself and getting more into it. What is it one book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today?
1: Well, this isn't self help. I'm gonna recommend my favorite, possibly my favorite book of all time. It's a fantasy book called The Name of the Wind. The sure. Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. I'm I'm listening at, listening to it now for my third time. I think I've read it three times. I'm waiting for the third in the sequel series to, to come out. We've all been waiting like eight years for the third one. Um incredible. Incredible read.
0: So, Action Tribe, this is a reminder that in case you want to listen to a book, not read a book, but listen to a book for free, then Audible.com is offering all our listeners one free audiobook with a 30-day free trial to experience their service. Because listening is the new reading, and you can listen to books, self-help, fiction. They've got a huge library. Right. So if you want to get your free credit, go to my forward slash free book. It's my7chakras.com forward slash free book. Now, David, before you go, tell us one thing that you are grateful for. And if you can tell us the link once again, so that our listeners can get reminded of how to download that worksheet.
1: Thank you. I'm grateful almost every day for my puppy. I just tell her so many times a day, I love you. Mm. She brings me so much joy. Um, So that's, that's, that's what I'm most grateful for at the moment. And the link is play for real. It's play for f o r real r e a l play for real dot life. Got
0: it. Play for real dot life. Our listeners will go there. Action tribe. Before we end, if you enjoyed today's episode, and if you consider yourself part of action tribe, then you will definitely love the action tribe energy circle. Are soon to launch membership portal for healing awakening and abundance where you will have access to mentors who will provide you training in a variety of exciting topics including discovering your purpose activating your intuition learning about yoga philosophy and dissolving all your emotional blocks so if you're curious and you'd like to be notified as soon as we launch go to my 7 forward slash waitlist it's my seven is a word my seven chakras.com forward slash waitlist and if you're on instagram then take a screenshot of this particular episode and tag us so that uh, we can share it with our respective communities my handle is at my seven chakras at my seven chakras and david uh, are you active on instagram at the moment yeah i'm underscore play for real awesome on instagram Uh, great so follow david as well and if you have any questions comments observations my email is aj at my aj at my dot That's all for my end. Uh, it was wonderful having you on our show, David, and uh, introducing to us the importance of having a tough conversation and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank
1: you for listening to My 7 Chakras at my dot that is My S-E-V-E-N, Chakras.com.